Bob and Jeremy's Conflab. The Reality Podcast. Welcome there, Bobby. How Hello. are you? Hello. I'm very well indeed. And how are you on this fine day? Yeah, I'm really good. I'm looking forward to talking to you about what inspires you. You and I were chatting about an idea for a podcast and you were saying mm. quite categorically, people need inspiration. I said, I don't think you're wrong. And you said you'd been musing on this fact. And so mm. we're going to give our listeners today what Bobby has been thinking about. I'm going to ask him some questions and see where it takes us. So first of all, just to cue that in, you were very adamant, you know, people need inspiration. Is that just due yes. to the shocking state of planet Earth? Yes, uh, that's certainly that. One of the things I find inspiring is your um, continued commitment to taking in large amounts of fluid through the day. Huh. I think that's a fantastic thing, which is, you know, A, inspirational and B, sensible. So that's very good. Does it inspire you? It does. But although I do fear that your aging bladder may be less and less capable of coping, mm-hmm. but that's your problem. But that's good. Car news. journeys, you know, exactly. That, that's the management challenge. Ah, I know what you mean. But I think the other thing which I think is interesting at the moment is there's a lot of negativity going around for obvious reasons. We are moving into tougher times. And when things get tough, people's heads go down. And sometimes we need to be dragged back to the things that help us get out of bed in the morning. And I remember when we first started the business 20 odd years ago, we had good and bad times like anybody else. And when things were really tough, I used to dig out a film to watch, which I did quite regularly, actually. And that film always lifted me, always gave me hope. And that film was Jerry Maguire, starring Tom Cruise, uh, Cuba Gooding Jr., uh, Rennie Zellweger and various others. And I always used to love that film because it was that thing about integrity. And in fact, if we think about disloyal bonding, which is a term that you and I are writing a book about at the moment, Jerry Maguire is all about disloyal bonding. He wakes up one morning and decides that he's no longer going to Mm. talk the bull that his business demands and write something about it. And I think that's the thing, that thing about integrity that you want to do for yourself, that is inspirational. And I think Mm. that's what's great about about that film. Mm, Definitely, definitely. Because there are things they can do. And if we all just retreated and retracted, Mm. we wouldn't survive. And we do see and we have friends and people on our network who are doing wonderful things, whether that's helping Ukrainians to come to this country, whether that's doing different things with people who have less. There's still lots of good going on. So let's kick off, Bobby. So you've given us Jerry Maguire. What Mm. else do you do if you feel the horizon of inspiration seeming a bit too far distant? How do you reach out and bring it nearer? Okay, so first of all, I'm going to give you a quote which I first heard in Jerry Maguire, though it appears in many, many other places all over the place, really. And it's very simple. It's four words. You determine your worth. Mm -hmm. Now, I think that's a really important quote for people because most of us are pretty humble. Most of us would settle for less because we can to some degree. But I think sometimes we need to think, well, actually, what is my worth? What am I worth as a human being, as an employee? What do I have to contribute to society, to the community, to to the world that we live in? And once I have an understanding of that, what my purpose is, then it's much easier, I think, to determine what that value is, what your worth is to the world. And I think that's a really important element of inspiration because inspiration can be absolutely damaged by people who are unable to see your worth. Mm. And, and their inability to see it 
doesn't mean you're not worth it. Even if they're the gatekeeper and the employer and the person who says yes, if they can't see the value you represent, that's their problem. That doesn't mean you're not worth it. And I think sometimes we need to be a bit prouder about what we represent. Well, Zig used to say, so many people don't believe they deserve a better life. Yes. They don't believe they deserve to earn more money. And Mm. you and I, without being political, have worked in organisations that trade on that. That they paying people minimum wage, zero hours contracts, because they've got a number of people who just don't believe they can earn more or be worth anymore. Now, is that that they haven't had people around them pumping them up genetically, nurturing them to make them realise they are worth more? Perhaps. But I think more people need to listen to that message that you're saying and realise that actually, no, they can determine their worth. They can down tools. They can go and work somewhere else. They can increase their rate. They can increase their worth. Uh, it's hard for people to do in certain situations, which is why a lot of people don't reach out, which is why they need to. That leads me on to another quote, which is linked to that by Oscar Wilde. And he said, to live is the rarest thing. Most people exist. Mm. That is mm. all. And I think that links to just what you were saying there, that mm. most of us would be pretty happy to exist in a world that's stressful and yeah. and tiring and has lots of different concerns within it but you know what's the difference between existing and just ticking along and truly living and as oscar says he thinks to live is the rarest thing most of us don't live Mm. to our full potential and that's the same thing as determining your worth because you think well okay i'm existing now but for me to really live for me to experience life at its you know most exciting or most rich or most sort of on the edge and most exciting I've got to move outside of my comfort zone. I've got to try different things. I've been listening to a woman who's written a very interesting book about ruts Mm. and how people get stuck in ruts. And the the simple psychology of it is that uh, the effort to get out of the rut seems Mm. so great, Mm. I stay in the rut. That's it explained in in very simply. So what she says is, what is the smallest possible thing you could do, the smallest possible thing you could do that would move you towards getting out of that rut Mm. and without going down a a tangent yesterday I had a coaching session with someone who was meant to be making a change but hadn't started to make the change at all and we worked on just the smallest aspect as soon as they got to the smallest aspect they found two they already Mm. moved from one to two ways to move out of their rut so again if you're stuck in it you think it's going to be such an overwhelming amount of effort mentally and physically to you know, remove yourself from that rut. But what is the smallest thing you can do to move towards getting, you know, coming out the camber of that rut, if you like? So that brings me on to the next one, which I think is an amazing quote. And I've thought about this one for years because you and I do a job which is largely kind of a consultant's job to some degree. We train people, we speak, we write things, but we also consult with businesses and organizations and how they run themselves. And sometimes the issues that they have to them seem very niche and very Mm. particular. Mm. But you and I have been doing this for 20 odd years now. We know that most organizations have similar problems. And there's a quote from your friend of mine, Gore Vidal, which is such a great quote because it's slightly arrogant. But I think there's something in it which I find inspiring, which is this. There is no human problem which could not be solved if people would simply do as I advise. <laughs> Very good. And, and, and I just Very think, so, I yeah. think sometimes 
people sit there with their head in their hands and they go, oh, it's terrible at the moment. And we've got this problem and mm. we don't know what to do about this. And, and they carry these, these terribly weighty economic issues that they can do very, very little about. Mm. And, <laughs> you really ju- wonderful. and you just want to say, do this. okay, look, I can understand what your problem is. I'm going to give you some advice. If you follow it, you'll be fine. Mm. And unfortunately... Life isn't quite as simple as that. And we have to do proposals and meetings mm, and mm. look interested and nod sagely. And, and I just think sometimes you've got a problem. We've been doing this 20 years. Take this advice. And do you know, even if you don't pay us, just take this advice, do it, and it will get better for you. But there we are. Robert Clay, who I worked with for a time, he was telling me that most people, he had some research on this, implement as little as any 20% of the advice they're given. There we are. Brilliant. That's they, it. Just, they just don't implement it. Um, no. No. What about Gore Vidal on sex, Bob? Which one was that? Oh, come on. His best oh, one. yes. Best thing he said uh, about sex. Come on. Uh, he said, um, never turn down sex with anyone because you never know. No, he also said sex, male or female, is just sex. It's something like enjoy it, take it, as it, as it may not come round again or something along, something along those lines. He also said something like, never turn down sex with anyone, free or champagne, or the opportunity to appear on television. television that's right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that, yeah. that's actually pretty good. I'm not sure about the sex bit. Yeah. Now, that leads me on to a couple of others, which I think are linked to that as well. So if one of them is by your friend of mine, David Niven. Mm. So he said, don't take anything too seriously. Yeah, great, great. And I, and I think if you think about that, you know, we, again, have meetings with people and it gets very serious oh, and they have yeah. these big issues and they, you know, they're terrified about making the wrong choices and all that sort of thing. And and sometimes you, you just think, God, you're, you're carrying stress about stuff, which is just completely irrelevant and completely pointless. So I think that's a very good point. Don't take anything too seriously. Except this, though, Judy Dench, Dame Judy Dench, of course, she said, take your job seriously, but not yourself. <laughs> very now good. i very, think that's good. good because because yeah. actually yes you know you and i we turn up we do our training we write our content you know we take that relatively seriously but of course that's not the reason we do it we do it because we have a laugh we you know we have a social element to it uh we have a great team of people we work with and so that helps us not to be too serious about it ourselves well dickens believed didn't he that through working hard and having a very full day of productivity and a discipline enabled you to enjoy your time outside of work far more Mm. so that when you ate your dinner that you'd really earned or you had your glass of wine if you'd been hardly just a cerebral job for the day all of it was better and more worthy because the you know the industrial age of work was upon us and you must play your part and if you played your part you would enjoy reading a book by the fire later far more i was mm. definitely brought up with that by my father you know we we won't have lunch till we've done the walk you won't you know <laughs> we won't light a fire till it's actually cold you know very lots he he was pretty dickensian in some of his some of his behaviors brilliant brilliant now that's lovely you're listening to bob and jeremy's conflap If you like this episode, you might like to know that our most popular episodes are number one, dissecting the obsession with meetings, number two, disloyal bonding, and number three, NPS, net promoter score, misguided or misused. Why don't you look them up and have a listen? 
I've got a couple more. Yeah, go for it. So I and my son, we recently have been watching a lot of films with Dudley Moore in, in particular 10, mm. uh, which is a really good film, actually, and Arthur, mm. Arthur, where he plays drunk. And there's some lines in those films, which I first watched back in the 80s, which I use regularly all the time. So there's a line in 10 where he's at a bar and he says, could I have another glass of wine, Bacchus? Okay, he calls, oh. he calls the barman Bacchus. Okay, nice. Now, I have called 50 barmen Bacchus over the years. I don't think any of them realize the link, of course, because Bacchus was the god of wine. Mm. Okay, So if you don't know the barman's name, you're actually calling him a god by calling him Bacchus and asking mm, for he a has, glass he, of wine. He controls the access. He controls he? the access to the wine, yeah. yeah so another good. glass of wine, Bacchus, my dear. I think that's a really good one. Uh, there's loads in 10 that I've used, but another one from Arthur is if I go to a wedding or an event where there's a flunky walking around oh, with a tray yes. of drinks, then what you don't want is to be left high and dry for ages. So what I always do, which is a line from Arthur, is I take a glass from the tray as, as you walk in and I go, oh, thank you very much. And I say, this is very kind. My doctor has said I must have at least five of these an hour. Can I put you in charge of that? Okay. Mm. Now, God, it's old fashioned. It's so old fashioned, but he's on seven pounds an hour. He may as well seek me out in the crowd and bring me another glass of wine in due course. It's brilliant. You know, just by making friends with the waiter, you know, it's just brill. Mm. And now there's so many lines in that. There's some very funny lines from John Gielgud in it. And my son recently. Uh, has started going out socializing and uh, having a few drinks and what have you. And I, I walked into his bedroom the other morning with a tray and I said, I've taken the liberty of anticipating your condition. I've bought orange juice and aspirin. Or do you need to throw up? Right. I mean, that's just a great line. You know, it's just mm. so good. The idea of a butler who is there to to cope with the, uh, the young that's man's good, condition, yeah. like, like, like Jeeves and Worcester. Uh, and I think sometimes if you look at certain films there are certain lines where you think, I can use that, you know, I can, I can use that again and again. And lastly, the last one I'll say, there's a brilliant French film called Le Bossu, which is great fun with Daniel Ortoy and Vincent Perez. It's a brilliant romp, swashbuckling romp. And there's one line in it where the main characters explain that when he was a child, he used to jump off the bridge above the Seine into the water for little coins that people would throw into the river for him. Okay. And the Duke says, I would have loved that, okay, because he was obviously a Duke and would never have done anything like that. And the French for that is, Jure adore ça. I would have loved that. Jure adore ça. Now, I, my French is pretty appalling. My wife's a French teacher. I never have to speak it. You'd be very, very pleased to hear that I've managed to put that expression into just about any French conversation I've had over the years. And every time the French person goes, Oh, your French, your French is very good. It's just great. So if you want to learn a language, watch a couple of decent uh, films in that language, learn a couple of tags of that language that are slightly grammatically challenging, and you can just, people will be impressed. Well, you know. you've given me the key to thank Laura on a recording, my uh, my wife's brother's wife, who gave some, I told you, so we gave tuition mm. to Martha, my teenager doing GCSE, who did her Spanish oral just this week. She was given a beautiful expression when she wasn't sure and was asked to give a preference and I can't do the Spanish. It's it translates as 
oh, in reality, that's just not of importance to me. Yeah, that's see, I told my wife, but that's uh, brilliant. Yeah, that's yeah, brilliant. And Mr. Yeah. Morales Shira, who is her teacher, he, Martha told me that as she said it, his eyes widened. <laughs> and, Where the flipping hell has Martha got that from? And, and he kept her behind and said, I don't know what's happened in the prevailing weeks, but your Spanish has got a bit better. And, uh, so, yeah. It, it really, really good. Just learning something that makes you Spanish. Exactly. You know, that's great. That's inspiring. And these things are lovely little troves to go into, aren't they? Nice, nice little, Well, you know, you've, you've talked about films, yeah. dipping into films, dipping into lines. I often think lines language, if you are passing on amusement to someone else, you shouldn't keep it to yourself. That's very different to a, a dreadful dad joke, which, of course, you and I are both very guilty of. Sure, um, sure. But a nice line, a nice considered inspiring thing shared with somebody, I think is, you know, worth sharing. So I, I, once, really I once used another quote from Le Bossu when describing you, actually, because I was in France with this lady and um, she was an English teacher, French-English teacher, and she spoke English in a much posher accent than you or I would ever use. Um, she was one of the few French people I know who really speaks with an English accent when she speaks English. So she would say, so Bob, tell me about your friend, your business partner. That's how she spoke. <laughs> okay. And there's a line in Le Bossu where this character's asked about this Duke and they say, what was he like? And he says, uh, le Duc, il est un grand seigneur. So a grand seigneur is a great lord. And, oh, and, and this lady asked me about you, and I said, well, uh, il est un grand seigneur. She went, un grand seigneur! She was absolutely stunned. <laughs> I described you as a great lord. I'll, I'll uh, take that. Absolutely, absolutely. And I think sometimes these words come in very, very handily. And I'll give people a tip as well. There's a wonderful French actor called Fabrice Lucini. Oh, he's gosh, amazing. Man. Anything that he's in, in fact, if you can find any audio books or stuff that he records, his French is so beautifully clipped and accurate mm. that I think that's half the battle of learning a language is to hear the pronunciation because then you can learn tags of that language and it's fantastic. Anyway, I digress. Is he in Le Bossu? He and is. He, he's the baddie. Yeah, yes. he's, the, he's the baddie. He, he, he wants a hunchback around him, doesn't that's he? That's right. He's got some lovely lines about the hunchback. Doesn't he say, yes. I miss you and your hunchback in it? Yes, he does. He does. <laughs> yeah, he does. Right. And he, I mean, he's brilliant in that as well. He's also in, any, if anybody's watched The French Call My Agent on Netflix, which no, is, is a great that, series, he? he's got oh. a, two or three episodes when he's in that. Oh. And uh, they pretend that he's up for a Bond villain, and he's absolutely delighted. And that it's it's there's some really good scenes with him in. He's wonderful. Oh, mm. lovely, it's great. lovely, great. lovely, lovely. Well, this is good. I think what people forget is that inspiration is there to be had. And how many times do people not put the pen down, stop the typing, look for it, or even just as Bob's done, go into your own mindset and pick out and remind yourself of the things that inspire you and have inspired you. I just remember one more that I always say as well, which you've heard me say many times. It's from originally the Casino Royale film that David Niven and Woody Allen and Peter Sellers did back in the 60s, which was a Bond spoof. Hmm. And Sir James Bond, played by David Niven, goes to visit his daughter, Matahari, and she's smoking opium and she offers him some. And he says, no, thanks. I'm trying to give that up. Well, I've been saying oh that for God, years. Doing... Oh. I mean, how many times have I said that to a waiter? Would you like another drink? No, thanks. I'm trying to give that up. I mean, I just use that all the time. The only time you made me laugh out loud with that <laughs> was we were booking into a relatively posh hotel somewhere. Yeah. And um, you said, oh, have you got any newspapers? And you, you said this to the guy who was mm -hmm. checking us in. 
any newspapers, any magazines. And the only magazine they had was Horse and Hound. <laughs> he handed it to you and you went, oh, no, thanks. I'm trying to give those up. And, <laughs> and he laughed and I laughed. We both enjoyed that as if you'd had an addiction to Horse and Hound, <laughs> which I really enjoyed. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, it's such a country hotel. The only magazine on offer was Horse and Hound. It's brilliant, mm. isn't it? Which mm. Hugh Grant, by the way, picks as the one that That's he's a right. journalist. That's right, in Love Action. In, love, in, uh, in love Notting, Hill. Uh, Notting Hill. Uh, Notting Hill. Uh, Notting, Hill. Uh, yeah. Notting Hill, yeah. Uh, horse and hound yeah, yeah. You know, really really good great. great well look take the inspiration it yes. makes you feel better gets your giggle muscles going gets the blood flowing mm. it's there to be had go into your own treasure trove and if you haven't got enough look for some more read some more yes watch some more yeah seek it out okay bobby I, I, that's been a lovely thing we'll be back with some more considered topics on the world of business soon thanks for tuning in if you haven't given us a review do get one also just click the link button and you can always cut and paste this directly from your phone while you've been listening it into a WhatsApp message and go, I think you might like this, mate, mm. and forward it on. The, the reason and the best way we get listeners who like our stuff and also communicate with us is by you sharing it. Thank you so much. Thanks very much. Bob and Jeremy's Conflab. Reality Podcast.